Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. And welcome to episode 228 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, David. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm exhausted because I've been at MCM Birmingham all weekend, so... <laughs> that's that's kind of you know a lot of walking around and, and taking photos and stuff but it was good fun but uh so what have you been up to yeah. before we get into that just a quick mention of uh call of duty i know i talked about it a bunch uh last time but they added a new map was it last week or about last week or something like that the funny thing was me and robert did a gaming podcast on wednesday and there was this reddit post leak sort of thing about 38 new maps wow. uh and we both speculated like okay that's quite a few maps even if it's like three map packs or whatever that's still a lot of maps yes and then two days after that podcast which we didn't know about on the friday activision did this post and they said there's going to be two maps that will be released for free uh, available to you know everyone playstation xbox pc all those platforms and uh, basically what it is is because there's obviously different game modes on call of duty that require bigger or smaller maps they released this kind of small map this new thing they've put in called shoe house 24 7 and what they've sort of done is put uh, kill confirmed headquarters and team deathmatch on that and basically once you go in and out of different lobbies and different games it changes which of those three game modes so shoot house itself isn't really a game mode but it's rotating those three right. on this new map what it sort of seems like they've done is taking inspiration from there was a map called shipment on the uh, call of duty 4 modern warfare which was the 2007 game right this seems like a sort of remix of that but slightly bigger it's still quite small but not as small as shipment because you probably couldn't do a smaller map than shipment right. uh, if you want to look it up just google shipment call of duty and then you'll see how small it is basically it was this little square with grass on it with a few cargo container not cargo oh, right, containers okay. the uh, you know the big sort of shipment containers yeah, and yeah. that was all that was on that map this is essentially that but bigger and some of the containers stack up and make bigger buildings and things like that right, okay. uh, it's quite good it's quite hectic but that's kind of the idea of it um it's not got the I think ground war is 20 versus 20 or something. It's not got that. It's got like, I think 10 v 10 or something. It's got still quite hectic. And it's one of the problems with a small map like that is if someone gets, I think it's called a VTOL jet. If someone gets one of them and you're outside, you've got a very, very high chance of getting killed because this thing will float. It's basically this jet that will float across the top of the map and will obviously shoot anyone that it sees. Right. So if you're, if you're on a small map that's very open and there's a jet above you, <laughs> then you have to run inside very quickly quickly and uh i mean the good thing if you get one of those as a player and you put it in the middle of the map you're going to get quite a lot of kills even yeah. if you still die your jet's going to get a lot of kills uh it's quite fun though it's quite good as long as you can kind of cover your corners i suppose and somewhat hopefully rely on certain teammates even though they don't always play the way <laughs> they should Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's still quite fun. It's still quite good. I haven't actually been on the other map yet. I think the other map is meant for the ground war game mode, which I don't play a whole lot. It's basically the massive scale 20 v 20 kind of thing. But yeah, this new map is quite good. It brings back some interesting memories of, of shipment and that sort of thing. But yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's good to see. I mean, the game hasn't even been out for that long and they've already added two maps and some different game modes and stuff. So. Good. It's quite good so far. Cool. Uh, Death Stranding, the new game, of course, from Hideo Kojima, of course, the previous developer of Metal Gear Solid, because 
nobody else would really make Metal Gear Solid, let's be honest. Yes. Uh, but yeah, the yeah the weird, wonderful mind of Kojima is back after the obviously the Konami debacle. We won't get into that. If you want to know more about it, look that up. I'm sure you'll find a bunch of information. Yes. Um, but essentially, he had to leave Konami because of certain reasons, and uh, he wasn't treated very well by Konami. And then he formed his own studio called Kojima Productions. Uh, he started working with Sony. Uh, he's now a second party studio, which basically means the game's an exclusive to PS4, but Kojima Productions isn't owned by Sony. That's what second yes. party basically yeah. means. And then he started creating Death Stranding and started to add quite the cast list. Uh, Norman Reedus, Mads Mikkelsen, Troy Baker, Guillermo del Toro. Those are the big kind of notable ones I can remember. There's a bunch of other people in there as well. But yeah, quite the uh, cast list, of course. Uh, and you play as Norman, well, not as, as Norman Reedus. You play the playable character, Norman Reedus. His character is called Sam. And essentially what Death Stranding is, there was this event called the Death Stranding and basically the world got destroyed and you as Sam have to rebuild America, essentially. But there's all kind of weird things in there. There's different villains in there. There's different weird things that are happening. And most of the game, you are basically doing these little deliveries. You put cargo on your back or on your bike or on your truck. What depends on what you can find, what's available to you. And uh, you essentially have to put cargo on your back and deliver them from you know point A to point B. That's not all Death Stranding is it's got more in there and then there's weird plot things that happen it's kind of interesting because when Kojima was releasing the first I don't know two or three or four trailers however many he ended up releasing there was always like okay what's this weird thing what's that weird thing as you slowly go through the actual game because obviously the trailers were out of order yeah as you actually go through the game and unlock the plot in I guess chronological order with some flashbacks and stuff it isn't quite that complicated there is still weird stuff in there like the thing with the baby and all that sort of thing which is explained at least of what I've seen very very well I'm on chapter six I think um, and there's supposed to be 15 chapters I must have played 25 hours of the game already but uh, I was, talk- I was talking game. to some yeah I was talking to some people yesterday and they said the last kind of eight to ten chapters are about two hours or an hour each it's because chapter three itself is really really long right. uh, chapter chapter three must be at least eight hours or something long but yeah it's really really good so far of course if you play Metal Gear or you like Kojima or any of that sort of thing you'll probably like the game quite a lot obviously it's been very divisive because that's just the part of yeah, that's yeah. Just what, where we live in but yeah it's been very very good so far I'm looking forward to seeing obviously the plot through and uh, I mean yeah it's got a great cast in it so it's pretty yeah, good yeah. as well it's, it's one I'll probably pick up at some point but I, mm-hmm. I've got other things to play at the moment so where <laughs> I, I will I will get to it at some point cool atypical I remember mentioning the first two episodes I think last time I was on that I had seen uh, I finished the third season last night really 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 good season a lot of emotional things that happen obviously I won't spoil anything but in a lot of different scenes you'll want to just hug a lot of the characters <laughs> yeah. because they're, all, they're, they're pretty much all going through a lot of things this season obviously one of the big plot points this season is Sam going off to college that obviously yes. creates a lot of different things and not just with Sam himself obviously with his parents because they have to look after him a bit more because of his autism and things like that how other characters sort of respond to him and try and help him and how he either does or doesn't take that help on board and then there's other new characters that are introduced uh there's things going on with casey this season there's things going on with everybody really yeah. this season and it's all quite emotional and very very well done and it's funny because like it, 
atypical kind of to me is one of them shows where it come it comes out and I sort of go oh cool atypical is out this season and then you start watching it and you go oh yeah this show's really really good yeah uh, so hopefully once they renew it for season four which they haven't done I'll uh, watch it a bit sooner it, it'll be a bit more at the top of my list yes uh, next yeah year to watch I've so. I've watched the first episode so far you do forget how brilliant that series is it, yeah, it is yeah. really really solid and very funny but has a lot of an emotional heart to it and uh, I I love the first episode i just hadn't quite got around to it because i had a bunch of well basically because of the apple tv stuff dropping and right. uh, you know yeah. so i just hadn't got to it but uh yeah i i really love that series and i i do hope they renew it for another season because it it's so good so good so i'm looking forward to watching the rest of it though. Uh, and i've looked up some you know discussion online about the show and a lot of people that do actually have autism have responded to this season specifically very very well so which is always good. important but yeah can't wait to see if they hopefully they renew it for season four it won't look very good if Netflix cancels a show that's about an autistic character. I will say that. But yeah, um, I mean, arguably, you shouldn't just keep it on on air because it's a show about aut- an know, autistic character. But yeah. yes, the fact that it is a very loved series and <laughs> and it happens to have an autistic character in the lead, and it is also a right. very very well written series. Then yes, I think randomly cancelling it. I mean, because Netflix have got to this point where they things get three seasons and then they cancel them. There are a few shows that go on a bit longer and I'm I'm hoping this is one of them yeah end of the I guess effing world is what it's been yes. kind of cool because uh, literally in the title the other letters are blanked out um, I only watched the season 2 premiere last night uh, all four has had a nice little kind of update as well got some nice little I don't know just it's updated and stuff uh, looks a bit better watched this season 2 premiere I don't know how many episodes are in this season usually like 6 or 8 or something I didn't think the return episode was very good and it doesn't resolve the cliffhanger from last season at all right uh, and given the fact that we've waited either a year or two years I can't remember when the first season came out but the first season ends on a massive cliffhanger I won't say obviously what the cliffhanger is but it doesn't resolve that at all it doesn't address anything related to <laughs> that, it that seems and like a mistake yes <laughs> yeah because it was basically the first episode introduces this I think a new character at least from what I remember uh, and it focuses a lot on that particular person and I was sort of waiting throughout the episode I was like okay this is only 22 minutes you haven't got like 58 or 45 minutes here uh and then the episode ended i was like oh you didn't address the cliffhanger at all it'd, it'd be like if you came back from you know the negan cliffhanger walking dead it'd be like if right, you came yeah, back yeah. And, and you focused on carol for the episode or something <laughs> right. um so yeah and the overall just writing and quality of the episode i i get that it is supposed to be the show that has very strange and different characters and that is what this second the first episode of season two focuses on this new kind of strange inter- interesting kind of character but when you don't address a massive cliffhanger that's quite a big problem yes so i was disappointed but that but I mean the second episode's available right now so I guess I'll I'll check that out later but yeah really strange that they didn't do that yes hmm. that's that's a little weird uh, end of the end of the effing world is is a show which kind of bypassed me entirely uh, I just I didn't get time to watch the season first season it's on Netflix as well because it's a Netflix co-production I think mm-hmm. season um, two isn't on the yeah Netflix no when, it's, it's yeah. Netflix worldwide and then it will go on to Netflix UK after a while after but yeah. it's on all four if you're in the Okay, so uh, you can get it on both places, I think, first season one. I may try and then get to it at some point, but yeah, mm. I, I just but haven't got to it now. I guess my advice would be watch the first two episodes back to back because then you might right. get an answer for the cliffhanger. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. 
That's that's an odd decision. Um, for me, I've been at MCM Birmingham all weekend, which was good fun. I mean, it's always good fun, the MCM shows. Little short on guests, possibly, I think it would be mm. fair to say this time around. There were some great people. I mean, Anthony Daniels was there, obviously, C3PO. Uh, he did a fabulous, fabulous panel, which will be going up online. By the time this podcast goes out, it should be up online. Interesting with him, he actually, usually, you know, when they do panels, you have an interviewer and an interviewee, and they come up on stage and somebody interviews them uh, Anthony Daniels did the whole thing like a one-man show he just took to the stage himself was wandering around asking questions of the audience he was brilliant he was funny um, I, I really enjoyed watching him he was hilarious he's got a book out as he repeatedly told us but was making fun of the fact that he was repeatedly <laughs> telling us that he has a book out uh, so yeah he's got a book out about his life of, of uh, being C-3PO which uh, looks really good as well watched his panel uh, Sean Astin was up as well and uh, you'll be hearing more about that later and Brian Deschant and Amelia Rose Blair who are the husband and wife team who were on Detroit Become Human and they do Twitch streaming as well and uh, we actually interviewed them before yeah they're lovely lovely guys and uh, we did an interview with them when they were at Manchester I think earlier in the year Um, I didn't actually I think they did a panel but I I didn't actually catch that because I was trying to see other bits of the show and stuff (laughs) But yeah, so those guys were there. I believe Pearl Mackey was around from Doctor Who signing autographs, although I I didn't see it at anything. Um, Some of the Star Wars Rebels guys were there as well. So uh, they did a panel. It was really good fun. I mean, it's always great fun. There's lots and lots of geeky stuff to see. Uh, Some fabulous cosplay that will be going up on our Instagram feed at some point when I get around to editing the photos, which I haven't done yet. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I've I've got to sort all that stuff out yet. But um, yeah, I mean, MCM's always always worth going to London's great Birmingham's their second British show like I say they little short on on some guests but the people they had I thought were really fun and entertaining and funny so that was really good had a lovely time there I think the next one's in February if you're in Birmingham and then there's May for London and then there's a few in between as well there's Manchester and Scotland throughout the year so uh, always worth going to the MCM concert outside of that uh, gaming wise Star Wars Fallen Order came out so I've been playing a bit of that it's kind of uncharted with the Star Wars skin over the top of it pretty much that's what, I, that's what I've heard yeah and yeah. seen not that I'm saying that's a bad thing that's a very very good thing as far mm. as I'm concerned I mean I love the Uncharted games they're brilliant so uh, that with Star Wars sprinkled over the top is perfectly fine with me I'm very happy with that and you get to wield a lightsaber and uh, it's really well acted it's really good fun it's got the uh, I can't remember the guy's name but the, the I think it's Cameron Monaghan or something Cam- like Cameron that. Monaghan, that's it. The guy that played yeah. Joker in Gotham, or, mm-hmm. or not Joker in Gotham. That's <laughs> Joker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, he's the lead in it, and he's great. It's really good. The only slight gripe I have with it is... I don't like the save points because you have this sort of thing that if you get killed like they have with Uncharted if you accidentally fall off a cliff you kind of lose a little bit of health and then they kind of pop you back on the top of the cliff that's not too bad the problem is if you lose all your health and then you have to you die and you have to completely restart it pushes you all the way back to a save point and that's okay as long as the save points are of kind of marked relatively close together and I I 
kind of had one situation where I'd been through this quite long sequence without a save point and completely died. And it took me right, right back to sort of, you know, 15 minutes beforehand. And I'm like, really? You're going to make me play through all that again? So that was kind mm-hmm. of annoying. So I've, yeah. heard that's, I've heard it's very Dark Souls-esque with the, the save points, which also reminds me, because I haven't really played much Dark Souls, but Neither with Sekiro uh, that I've played, which is very similar to that, it's got that sort of thing. You have like little posts that you sort of rest at. Uh, yeah. And then when you die, you go back to the most recent one, which is their way of kind of punishing you, I suppose. Yeah, so. you have um, places where there are there are places where you can meditate and basically you mm-hmm. meditate and that allows you to upgrade the character and stuff and also serves as a save point so i have been playing some of that the other thing is though planet zoo which is out at the moment i've been furiously playing my way through that and i love messing around in that game i've i've started a franchise mode so you can actually build your own zoos rather than going through the career mode i've got all the bronzes on career mode but i haven't been through and got all the gold yet but uh, i've got all the bronzes on career mode i'm going playing around with my own franchise zoo at the moment and uh, trying to build that out so that's been really good fun i love that game if you like building games and you like animals it's great and you get to learn lots of stuff about animals as well which is wonderful um tv wise uh, the crown is now back that launched on sunday night watched the first episode of that and it really continues as the crown for the first was for the first two seasons but with an entirely different cast and it works it doesn't seem to miss a beat at all and they sort of acknowledge the cast change right at the start because the opening scene is her picking the new version of the stamp which has the sort of older image of her you know from young queen to the sort of middle-aged queen and Mm -hmm. and they so it it sort of in the show kind of acknowledges that there's this change that's how they open it but pretty much all the cast has changed the only person i think that stayed over was there is a a short bit with winston churchill and it's the same actor there uh but but apart from that the rest of the cast is completely new and they're doing a fabulous job you know it's Olivia Coleman of course they're doing a fabulous job you know (laughs) so um, but if you like the first two seasons of The Crown it's going to be a continuation of that and uh, the writing's still as brilliant as ever it feels like the same show despite the fact the entire cast is different bit of a question for you for The Crown because it's been regarded as quite a very very good TV show on Netflix and that and that has my interest what other kind of shows would you say is kind of along the same lines that I would maybe enjoy that would that were sort of similar so like is it similar to like house of cards in any kind of way as that kind of political yes yeah there is a certain amount of that i think in terms of other netflix shows that's probably the closest to it would be house of cards um Mm -hmm. it's it's not quite got the scheming side of things that house of cards has you know it's not it's (laughs) not to that sort of level but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think certainly that would be the closest thing I think is a Netflix show that it's probably related to. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I really love it and uh, really enjoying it. So I'm I'm very, very happy to, to have that back. And uh, other things I did, as I said, watch the first episode of Atypical. So I'll be watching the rest of that and Watchmen and Walking Dead, of course, which we're watching weekly and uh, doing a weekly podcast on that as well. So uh, you can catch yeah. Matt and mine's Watchmen and Walking Dead podcast over at Entertainment Talk because we're doing those weekly. We've got, what, two episodes of Walking Dead? Three yeah, episodes two, of two two Walking, Walking Dead, Dead and five, five Watchmen. Watchmen. 
Watchmen. Yes, mm. uh, Watchmen, wonderfully complicated, but brilliant yeah. all the way. Uh, so very, very much enjoying that. That's all the stuff we've been doing for the last couple of weeks. Here is the TV and film news. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. TV and film news, uh, we start off with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. Uh, ITV have cancelled the Rob Lowe series Wild Bill after one season, which is a shame because it was kind of fun and interesting British cop drama where you had Rob Lowe playing this big American police chief that kind of comes in and ends up trying to tidy up this countryside town, essentially, in the UK. I really enjoyed the first season of that. I'm ashamed they've not made any more. I think, basically, it just didn't get the viewing figures and they didn't manage to sell it back overseas so they weren't making money back off it rob lowe is also now on another show so that mm. might have also not helped i mean potentially it's only like three or five episodes or something they did so potentially they could have got him back maybe in the downtime between him doing because uh, he's doing 911 lone star which is the 911 spin-off extension I keep, I keep of that, about that until we yeah. mention it on different occasions <laughs> yes yeah. uh, so he, he's the lead in that so you might have been able to get him back to do a bit but that probably also didn't help that has been cancelled in terms of renewals though we've got some quite good renewals you've got a dc universe has renewed titans for season three so that is getting a third season we still haven't had season two over here it looks like it is going to come to netflix but we don't know when because there is a banner if you go onto netflix that says you know it's official season two is coming so Mm -hmm. that i assume that means that they have it and it is coming it'll probably be the same as last year yeah so it's either going to be december or january we don't know exactly when i think it was december last year so that will drop us box set on uh, on netflix uk uh netflix have also renewed the witcher for season two before the first season even airs because that's out in december and uh very happy they've picked that up from the little clips i've seen i'm quite really looking forward to that but they're obviously got some confidence in it so uh mm-hmm. that's good it, that seems like a very long-term thing for netflix because they got i think there's some someone said five or six books for them to go off of yeah uh, obviously it's based off the book not the game but yeah. um it seems like it's going down very very well i've been i've been very impressed with the trailers and the cast and everything i'm looking forward to the mad podcast marathon on in <laughs> december yes uh, but yeah it's probably going to be one of netflix's long-term shows i said now they might cancel after three seasons but we'll see how things go but at least we've got two seasons at least to look forward to yeah so so you know it's it's going to be hanging around for a bit so uh Mm -hmm. yeah i'm i'm very glad that they've actually shown some confidence in it and it's it's coming back and brooklyn 99 has been renewed for an eighth season by nbc nbc really knew what they were doing when they picked that up after fox dropped it a couple of years ago so uh i'm very very glad that that's back and i'm sure a lot of the uk fans are, are glad to see it back as well i think 
yeah. and January. It's usually usually January early in the new year. It airs in the UK on E4. Yeah, I think I think it starts around the same time. A good place has its last couple of episodes in January. Right. Okay, so, so yeah. yeah, that that will be coming back. Well, we presume that will be coming back onto E4 anyway. That uh, hopefully yeah. that should be the case. And all the previous seasons are on Netflix as well. If you uh, want to go and catch up with Brooklyn Nine Nine, uh, they've mm-hmm. also Sky One this morning announced a release date for new comedy starring David Trimmer, him of Friends fame called Intelligence, mm. which they announced the show a while back. It's created and written by Nick Mohammed, who's a, a great comedy writer and actor. It's a workplace comedy set at GCHQ, which is the sort of big UK listening post, but it's a comedy. Uh, it's where they tackle international and domestic cybercrime. And uh, David Trimmer plays NSA agent Jerry, who comes over from the US to join the team and he enlists an inept and tactless computer analyst called Joseph, played by Nick Mohammed, in a power grab that threatens to disrupt the team's ability to combat cyber terrorism. So that's the basic for it. Um, the, the press release describes GCHQ as a kind of weedier, geekier version of MI5. And I, I'm sure they're very happy with that description. <laughs> so uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I emailed Sky back after going out. I'm very much looking forward to this, but I do hope the person that wrote that press release realizes they're now on a GCHQ list somewhere. <laughs> but uh, I think that could be quite good fun. It's nice to see David Trimmer back to eat mm-hmm. comedy and stuff. Uh, I like Nick Mohammed's stuff. Nick Mohammed was also the voice of Piglet in the Christopher Robin movie as well. That's the other thing. And he was in, okay. Oak. He, was in <laughs> he was in the sitcom Uncle, which you know we covered a lot on this show. Oh, the BBC, the BBC one. sitcom. Which I need to watch brilliant. that. So yeah, Sorry. it's brilliant, brilliant. But <laughs> he was in that as well. Uh, yeah, the David Trimmer thing. I'm coming towards the end of Friends. I've got I think ten episodes left or something. Uh, I watched another one yesterday while watching Community because I'm kind of watching them at the same time. Right. But yeah, I, I suppose once I finish Friends, it's going to be good to have uh, David Trimmer in something else. Plus, then I can also watch The Morning Show and have Jennifer Aniston back as well. Yes, so, yes, you yeah. can. Uh, they're, they're, they're all starting to kind of get back out of... I mean, it's not like yeah. any of them need the money. They still make something no. <laughs> like $25 million a year each wow. off the repeat fees from Friends. So because right, it reruns on the Comedy yeah, Central or something. Well, it? yeah, it reruns kind of a few different places. But yes, apparently they each make $25 million purely on reruns of Friends. <laughs> Wow. So, yeah, not a bad life if you can get it. Um, but mm. uh, yeah, Intelligence, that show's called, it's coming 18th of February. They've said that's coming to Sky One. So that's one to look mm. out for. In other news, Amazon have picked up another huge license. They've picked up William Gibson's novel, The Peripheral, for an adaptation. And the adaptation is coming from the Westworld creators, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy. They're the people that are tackling it. Based on the best selling novel by William Gibson, who's a huge sci-fi writer. It's a sci-fi thriller that follows the story of Flynn Fisher, a woman trying to hold together the pieces of her broken family in a forgotten corner of tomorrow's America. Flynn is smart, ambitious, and doomed. She has no future until the future comes calling for her. So that's the uh, strap line for it. It's kind of set in, in this sort of alt-future setup thing. So it's one of those sort of dramas. I would watch anything that Nolan and Joy make, because I think they've done such an amazing job with Westworld. I think this mm-hmm. sounds like yeah. it could be brilliant. It's being adapted by the Oscar-nominated writer Scott B. Smith, who did A Simple Plan, the film. Uh, he's going to be the creator and showrunner, and Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy are the exec producers of it. But yeah, that's another big title coming to Amazon. They're really, really going all out for their uh, their big things. They've, they've had not 
that many things like that are huge dropping they've had a few stuff you know things like the boys have come out but you know mm-hmm. you've obviously got the lord of the rings thing coming you've got this they've got a whole host of other stuff that they've got in development so uh yeah it's amazon's going to be another one that's i think definitely definitely worth the money yeah yeah i mean in terms of westworld and stuff i've enjoyed obviously season one and two uh really looking forward to season three obviously it looks like it's going to be a little bit different but in where that makes sense and all that sort of thing uh i mean if greg Belanti can be well not really in charge of 20 30 shows whatever <laughs> uh, I'm sure these two can handle the two but yeah as long as they juggle them both well both treat them well uh, in terms of this this new show and obviously Westworld then I think it'll be alright but yeah they've done a good job so far with Westworld so I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with this it's interesting as well because that means they don't have an overall deal with HBO but I never read that they actually did no, so. No, no. so yeah I mean I think this looks like it could be really good and of course mm. as I say with this show they're exec producing and with Westworld they are directly writing and show running I think so I think that's right. probably the difference right. between the two but anything they're involved in I've definitely piques my interest and and the fact that it's William Gibson's thing who which I imagine is quite difficult to adapt given that it's William Gibson so yeah that's going to be a very interesting one to see how that works over on Apple TV plus they have picked up an adaptation of the spy thriller slow horses with Gary Oldman set as the lead so we're again pulling out all the stops slow horses follows a team of British intelligence agents who serve in a dumping ground department of MI5 called slough house Oldman will star as Jacob Lamb, a brilliant but irascible leader of spies who ends up in Slough House due to their career-ending mistakes. So, um, I mean, it's billed as a thriller, but the person behind it is Will Smith, not that one, the writer one. <laughs> um, he's he's best known for working with Armando Iannucci on things like Veep, and uh, he's co-writer and co-producer on Veep, also wrote the thick of it. Graham Youst, who was exec producer on things like The Americans and Sneaky Pete is exec producing as well. So it's interesting because the premise sounds like it could go either way. It sounds like it could be very much a comedy premise or could be very much a thriller premise, but they've got a kind of somebody who's best known for writing comedy as the person that's writing it, but it's been billed as a thriller. So it's going to be really intriguing to see where this lands in terms of tone. Slough House novels are written by Mick Heron. There are eight books and novellas that they can work from, so they're not exactly short of material. Run the Crime Writers Association Golden Dagger Award for the second book in the series as well. So we they're reasonably well acclaimed books and again Gary Oldman is the lead it's Apple kicking it out the park once again I mean they're certainly at the moment obviously because they're a new streaming service they're going more for obviously quality over quantity yeah. um, and it'll be very interesting in about let's say in about a year once uh, of course HBO Max is out and Peacock is well, have they given a date for no I don't think they've actually given a date for Peacock yet but once once the others come out and obviously once Disney Plus comes out over here that's when the streaming wars will truly sort of start but it's even interesting when when you said when you went to watch more atypical and then like apple tv plus was there and then the, 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 those yeah, two yeah. were kind of already competing sort of for your time so once once these streaming services add more and more and more shows which they're always doing it's going to make competition kind of even tougher but um yeah i mean at the moment if you do go for quality over quantity which they've done obviously with jason momoa and all the people from the morning show as long as they can kind of keep things good then uh, i guess they'll keep people subscribed but we'll just have to see how apple tv plus does in the next year or so yeah i mean apple tv plus is really an interesting setup because of the fact that they only Mm -hmm. really have three or four shows which 
have a sort of broad adult appeal and then on top of that there's a couple of kids shows and there's like Oprah but there's only really one comedy and three big dramas with uh, For All Mankind and C and The Morning Show at the moment so in terms mm-hmm. of original stuff there isn't that much on there but it is only five ninety nine a month and they are releasing more stuff yeah they've got things releasing at the end of November things releasing in December I'm sure there'll be more stuff that gets released each month so they are kind of slowly building but it was interesting that they launched without a huge amount of catalogue you know you compare that to something like HBO Max which I mean you know we know as we spoke about a few weeks ago isn't launching here but HBO Max has about 20 original shows yeah plus all the things that are already on HBO yeah plus all the stuff on HBO plus they're going to be airing the DC Universe stuff as well so Mm -hmm. uh, and and all the back catalogue of things from like CW HBO I mean that that's going to be a ridiculous service so uh, unfortunately like I say we're not getting it here but yeah that that's going to be a really interesting one then you know you've got Disney who have got such a huge huge back catalogue of movies and TV oh, shows God, yeah. that they're going to be on that as as well as all their original stuff and they've they've got less original stuff coming out but they have got that huge back catalogue of things as well mm-hmm. and plus the, I mean yeah. that Fox acquisition they've picked up so many properties yeah it's uh, it's quite something the stuff that they have got as well you know the original things that they are making are mm-hmm. you know licenses for Marvel licenses for Star Wars so you know even yeah. the original stuff even though there's possibly less of them and there aren't that many new original shows coming onto it the ones that are on there are huge 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 things so yeah I mean next year is going to be very much the streaming wars as you say Peacock coming as well we don't know what's going to happen with that over here because that's NBC and obviously Comcast own NBC and they own Sky so we don't know whether they're going to launch that as a streaming service internationally or it's just going to be the US or whether it'll get merged into Sky some way not sure what's going to happen with that next year is going to be very very interesting the amount of content out there is insane if you thought you were struggling for time to watch your favourite shows then uh, (laughs) yeah yeah. next year is going to get much much worse or much much better depending on how you look at it (laughs) it's a good problem to have yes so, it is because we rather have far too much to watch or too little yes you know, yeah so. so it's interesting times ahead over the next year so that's all the news we've got for this week next we have an interview As I mentioned earlier, I was at MCM Birmingham this weekend. So the interview comes from MCM Birmingham. It's with Sean Astin. It's basically the panel that he did at MCM. There will be a video version of this, which is up online on YouTube. But obviously, if you're listening to this in the car and you want to be able to do something else, you don't want to be trying to watch YouTube at the same time. That's not very safe. So Mm -hmm. uh, I put the audio of the interview out up on here as well. Sean Astin, I'm sure many of you know, uh, Sam in Lord of the Rings, he was in Goonies. He's one of those guys that pops up in TV shows, like he popped up in the recent episode of Supergirl. Um, He was in 24. He was in the last few episodes of Big Bang Theory and of course Stranger Things where he played Bob. So uh, he gets, you know, talks about all the different things that he's been in and uh, just really lovely. It was really, really sweet and seems like a lovely lovely guy it was a really nice interview here's the audio from that we will see you afterwards with some highlights for next week on tv hi sean hello my dear it's like we've never met when we were talking backstage but always it always feels weird because you sit down and go so hi how are you doing 
Again. Let's carry this out in front of people, shall we? That's what I was thinking. You were having some deep and meaningful conversations there <laughs> about, about technology, about technology and life. And Raise your hand. Wait, does everybody have their phones on them? Can yeah. you turn your lights on? Oh yeah, turn your lights on your phones. Let's have a. Uh, look. Uh, oh my god, it's kind of amazing. That's what the end of civilization looks like. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what. Oh, we're that's incredible, about. you guys! Wow, I feel like Bono. Yeah, actually, we have to start waving them in the air now, like get oh, it, I have get to sing. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, in the name of love, sir. One more, and sorry, I like to sing. Good, my good. daughter says to me, my daughters hate my voice. I have three daughters. Allie, twenty-two, she'll be twenty-three this month. She was the girl who played Eleanor at the end of the Lord of the Rings, the little the little yes. daughter who comes running up to Sam. Yes, that's how I feel. <laughs> 23 now, finished university, oh, in her own apartment. And then we've got 17, uh, Elizabeth, and 14 is Bella, Isabella. So they all hate my singing voice. Is it a bad singing? No, it's a wonderful singing voice. It's just never in tune. It's never it's never on key. But no, except when I have a microphone, if I can hear myself, it can be a little bit better. You'll see in a minute. But <laughs> what's your go-to karaoke song then? Oh. Mine Starship. Which, uh, uh, we built the city. We built this city. Yeah. Oh. Rock and roll. Like such a good song. It's a great one. The first time I ever went to a nightclub, I was 18. I was in Australia, and that song was on, and I was talking to girls. So good memories. <laughs> Definitely good memories for that song. Um, I don't know. I like Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Come out, Virginia, don't let me wait. You Catholic girl, start much too late. Oh, sooner or later, it comes down to fate. I might as well be the one. That's dedicated to Virginia, who's with me working in my corner this week. I don't know where she is. Where's Virginia? Yeah. Oh, she's over there. Virginia, Hello. there you go. Hello, she's Only the good die hey. young. There it is. You've got a lovely voice. What do you Thank think, you guys? Good karaoke Thank voice? There you go. So my daughter says, I get a play, my first play ever. It's John Cleese adaptation of a, a French farce. And uh, I, she walks into the kitchen and I said, hey, I just got offered my first, well, I've been offered others, but uh, my, the first full play. She said, do you have to sing in it? Oh, I no. said, no. She said, then you should do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next one came in and said the same thing. And then my wife came in. She's a little more politic. And she said, oh, are you going to sing? <laughs> I said, no. She said, oh. <laughs> Sean, I want to go back before your daughters were born. Yeah. When you're a youngie, when yeah. you're a young thing. Yeah. Because I am a very, very, very big Goonies fan. Oh, yeah. Are you against the Goonies and the Goonies fans here? Now, I read, I saw that it's going to be 35 years old next year. Crazy! How do you feel when you look back at yourself growing up in front of the camera? Is it weird? Is it like looking back at an old photo when you watch your old movies? I, you know, it's... Sometimes I'll take a moment. Okay, so this year, I was lucky enough to perform mm -hmm. in Big Bang Theory. Anybody see me in Big Bang Theory? I was in three episodes at the end of the, the final season, um, which was just mental. I was such a fan of the show right when it came out, and, and uh, it did so much for these Comic-Cons, you know? It really helped popularize the Comic-Cons. It turned it from sort of a fringe thing into a kind of a mainstream family entertainment. So I love that. And there I am on stage, and my character is Dr. Pemberton, and Sheldon is not... Dr. Pemberton... Dr. Pemberton, and I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> and then they open the door, and I have to be performing. But anyhow, the stage where they did that show for 12 years, I 
want to say it was stage 20, but whichever the number was, it's where the set for the attic was in the Goonies, where we retrieved the map and and the the Chester Copperpot uh, story. And we yeah. I tell the story of One-Eyed Willie and, you know, the, the war with the, you know, the great battle. And so they were all big Goonies fans too. And, uh, and so we're chit-chatting and I'm looking up at the the rafters and I'm looking at the door and they're like, you know, what are you doing? I said, well, I think this is the exact spot I found the map. They're like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, my God. oh. But I'll take I'll take a moment to look at it and try and remember what I was doing and where I was. And, you know, over the years, different things are important to you. Different yeah. memories are important to you. So um, it's great when I when my kids see it. Um, and, I, you know, I, these conventions are incredible. I've, I've, I've met so many people who have my face tattooed on their body. <laughs> what is that like? Does that ever get like sort of? Do you ever go, whoa, have you ever had like a weird one tattooed in a weird place? I've, I've had, I've, I've had it all, my dear. I've had it all. <laughs> but I, there was once in Portland, Oregon at mm. um, a convention there at Rose City Comic Con, they called it because Portland is the city of roses or something. And um, a woman comes up and she was, she was a larger woman mm-hmm. and her, her, she had on, there were no sleeves and my face was massive on her arm and she was very shy yeah and i looked at her and i was like and she 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 almost didn't want to talk oh and i was oh well it's a pleasure to meet you and lovely this and shall i come around and maybe take a picture with with you and the thing and she was i swear she would rather have been somewhere else she was so she was so nervous or something but you know of course everything comes back to your family i i took a picture and i sent it to my wife and kids and they they i don't know what they thought of it but it was a little Oi, a little strange. When you... Yeah. There's another film I want to talk about. Okay. Um, my mom and dad got me this for my birthday back in the 90s. California Man. Yes. Yes. I you know California it. Man. Who knows California... Or Encino Man, it was, as it was Encino called. Encino Man in America, yes, but... Well, like, yes. <laughs> it's such a weird movie. A guy so, came up to me in line today. His name is Dave Morgan. Really? Yeah, Dave, are you here? Dave, Dave Morgan, which no. is the name of my character in California Man. Oh, Dave Morgan, God, amazing! He, we look nothing alike. It looked like such a fun movie to me. Did you did you have fun making it? And it so encapsulates the nineties as well in that time period. Hey, buddy! Yeah. <laughs> I have this line in that movie where I at Pauly Shore, and I go, "All you're about is Nugs chilling in Grindage." Yes! Oh my God! Nugs <laughs> chilling Grindage is food. I had a a little code, a legend to decode what he was saying. But uh, no, yeah, I mean, what can I say? Uh, it's such a bizarre, I bizarre. I want a sequel. What, would, what uh, do you think would happen? Where would well, at the end there? of the first movie, yeah. there's another earthquake, and Betty Nugs. Yes. Betty Nugs. Don't tell the children yet. They're not old enough. Would you do a sequel if they approached you? I, you know, I'm a professional actor. I show up. They want to do a sequel? Great. Let's go. Uh, Polly wants to do it. I'm sure Brendan would do it. But I want to see what happened. Did they have cave children? Yeah. You know, I mean, I would feel, did I, I don't know. Who knows what it would be? It could be anything. My philosophy on sequels is the more the better. Oh. And some people, you know, they think, oh my God. Well, sequels, remakes I'm a little bit more, yeah, kind of particular about. But because you know what? If it's bad, don't watch it. Yeah. But, you know, people want to have an emotional experience Mm-hmm. And they want to extend it. We don't, you know, it's, there's something, I guess, noble about 
things that come to an end. You come to the end of the story, you know, Lord of the Rings. Well, I'm back. And the book closes. And and if you want to experience again, you start at the beginning of the book, but you know you're in for another long journey. But, I, you know, I don't know. Ghostbusters. I like the Ghostbusters sequel. Some people didn't like it, but I'll, I'll go for, yeah. But you're so right, because we live in this culture of people getting online and moaning. And if you don't like it, just don't watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that simple, people. And, and the other thing is, when I come to conventions, people interpret my me or movies I've been in or mm. characters or stories in a million different ways, needlepoint and in music and drawing and whatever, and people are expressing themselves. Well, the filmmakers and the actors and, you know, most of the people involved with it, they're expressing themselves. So let the next group of people express themselves and you can, you know, appreciate their hard work and then, you know, not watch it. If somebody remade Back to the Future, I don't know if I would, you know, I might look at it just to see what they did, but no one's going to ever take Back to the Future away from me, you yeah, know? Exactly. That's my feeling. It's stuck in your brain. Now, a lot of your characters have got a lot of heart. I love this quote, people will root for anyone if they show them your heart. Now, Samwise... I can't remember where I said that. People will root for anyone who shows them their heart. That, that I think, I is think the essence of the, like, the, the through line of the characters that I've, that I've been able to play. And, and, I, and it's true. You know, if you, if you take, um, you know, a beetle, a little, mm-hmm. a little dung beetle, and you set it here on the couch, and the dung beetle just wants to get to the other side of the couch where there's another a girl dung beetle. After a few minutes, all you want is to see that dung beetle <laughs> get to the other side. You know what I mean? You, you are, there's a human yeah. instinct to, to feel about other, other people, to care about other people, to care about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and ideas, important ideas. So it's, it's what makes me so frustrated about the state of the world today with, all, with the political and government and all the different movements that are happening Somehow it's it seems to have just reached a place where where people forget. Yeah, yeah, they forget right. that yeah, we yeah. love each other and yeah. we want to live and we want peace and we want happiness and prosperity and and we want to talk to each other. You know, with the way you teach your children to be respectful to each other. So well, that's why I love your characters. You know, because when I watch you on screen, it's not overly saccharine. You know, you're, you've just got, there's a nobleness in the heart and um, a niceness of the human spirit that comes through. Like with Thank Samwise, you. you know, you see that absolutely with all of the characters you've played, even your very first role in the Goonies. Like, and even in California, man, he just wants to do good and get the girl, you know, and that's really, really He wants simple. to be popular. And what's more important than that? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Exactly. No, really. What's more important than that? <laughs> um, now I read the use of But spin. he's willing to dig a pool in his backyard to be popular, and he wants it so badly. That's his heart. So, yes, that's true. Wonderful. I remember watching that when I was younger, thinking, I really want to live in California. It's not like this in Scotland. I couldn't dig a pool in my backyard. It'd be muddy and wet. You've got rain there. you got rain, but and trust me, it's not Californian weather. You know what movie? There's two movies, English, well... One is an American movie, but it's to me it's as much an English movie as an American movie that I, mm-hmm. I made in this country in 1989. Mm-hmm. Raise your hand if you were born after 1989. All right, leave your hand up if you were born after 1999. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Welcome, welcome, newbies. Thank you for raising your hand. So <laughs> it's called Memphis Bell. You guys know Memphis Bell, the World War II movie about the B-17 bomber? And we filmed at RAF Duxford and RAF Bimbrook, and we were in Lincolnshire and... I went to do this SAS training down in the south of England, and I, I I went to Brighton. Katie, where are you, Katie? Yeah, I went to Brighton. That was fun. And Penzance. And I, so you've been all over the UK. I man. conquered this country. Yeah. <laughs> 
so there's that one. And then the other one is is pure British. It's um well, I guess Lord of the Rings is too with Tolkien. But no, I was thinking of Terry Pratchett, The Color of Magic. Did, oh yeah, fellow fellow <laughs> Pratchetts. Um, I I got to play Two Flower in The Color of Magic. It's one of my favorite things I've ever got to do in my whole life. Um, so and I, it's such a I was it's such a upsetting passing for for Terry Pratchett to go so young. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyhow, so we filmed that in Windsor. I got to live in Windsor for three and a half months. Windsor's lovely. Do you know the long walk? Yeah, it's yeah, beautiful. Every day I was so fit in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I was always running. I was running everywhere. Do you want to go to lunch? He did three miles. Uh, but yeah, I would do the long walk from the castle all the way through the deer park up to where that Caesar statue oh, was. No wonder you were so fit. Oh my gosh. Surely I loved you must so be much. fit, like doing Lord of the Rings and stuff as well. Like you're outdoors. Like, do you not? Okay, so <laughs> I'm guessing Go- Gollum calls me the stupid fat hobbit. Well, that's true. I just uh, that's outrageous. True. Can you? I wanted to ask. I was doing push-ups. Yeah, but I'm strong. Because yeah. <laughs> you did six weeks with a dialect coach, right? For the yeah. Samwise. Andrew Jack, Englishman, and uh, Roisin Cardi. Can you give Irish. us some tips for the Samwise accent? What? what kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm terrible at accents. You are. So what tips? But you, you sound give good. Us? You're brilliant. Well, this is Scottish. just my accent. It's great. I love this Scottish sound. We'll have to. We'll have to. Get you do me a joke. Okay. Yeah. So, you give uh, me some tips. And so I'll with Samwise, it's whisk country. What? Whisk country. Whisk. Whisk country. Country. Whisk country. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, he's he's um. Okay. They, they gave me a a, a recording mm-hmm. of a farmer, and he said, and the, the the sentence, and every time before I would go to work, I would listen to this sentence. That's a nice shiny apple. Ooh. Okay, let me try that. That's a nice, a nice shiny, shiny apple. Apple. <laughs> you went a little, you went a little special there at yeah. the end, didn't you? <laughs> That's all right. So everything was like elongate the oh. vowels. So lembus bread is the special elven bread that if you have a little bite, it can a grown man or a hobbit you can you can it'll sustain you for three weeks or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So. I would say lambas bread, and Andrew Jack would say, "No, you need to elongate the vowels, so it's lambas bread." And I said, "Lambas bread? No, lambas bread. Lambas bread? No, lambas bread." So there was one. T- <laughs> there was one take. We would sometimes we would go to the hotel the next like night, yeah. And you'd sit in the room, and Peter Jackson had a couch set up, and there was a screen, and we would watch all the rushes from the day before, and. Uh, <laughs> There's one shot of me looking at Frodo at the beginning of the two towers. I said, do you want some lambas bread? (laughs) Elijah Wood fell on the floor laughing so hard. And I was like, maybe I can make it a little bit of my own too, you know, but that's a nice shiny apple. Potatoes, boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Can you say potatoes? Potatoes. 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 Boil them. In Scotland, just be tatties. Patatties. Or just tatties. Yeah. Well, he also calls them taters. Taters. Potatoes. Potatoes. We're kind of doing a bit here. I like it. You did it. It was perfect. I did it right. Boil them. Boil them. Mash them. Mash them. Stick them in a stew. Stick them in a stew. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Boil, boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Boil them, boil them, boil them. Potato, potato, potato. There's a meme. Yes. It was one of the first memes ever in all of memedom. And I looked at it and I thought, when I die... 
Yes. That's what they'll show on the news. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Sean Astin, <laughs> well, actor known for potatoes. And they, they've got it animated with the potatoes marching, and then the thing <laughs> mashes them down. Amazing. Anyhow, people um, always ask me how I like them. All gratin? I don't know. That's what I've got some fan questions here on Pixel Eye Pictures via Twitter said, How do you like your potatoes? Oh, yes. And I've got another Twitter... This doesn't just happen, my dear. You have to work at it. I've got Potatoes another... are a strong factor in every form. I've got another Twitter question from Quinn Neary. Mash in, 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 in shepherd's pie. Mm. Oh, yeah. That was the same group of people who liked Terry Pratchett. Interesting. Now, we're going to talk later, that small group over there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I see you over there, too. Go ahead. If you... So this is from Quinn Neary via Twitter. If you could have defeated the Demigorgon, how would you have done it? How would you have defeated it? Stranger Things. Yes. Right. The Demogorgon. Yes. Dogs. Yeah. Also known as Demo Dogs. It's terribly upsetting. Mm. Bob stops running, period. I got out my eraser. <laughs> and then he continues on very quickly out the gate. <laughs> um, how would I have done it? Well, nothing too fancy, but maybe a knife right in the throat and Just cut him open. Yeah, her. old school. Old school. old school, yeah. Old school. Or I could have been like Legolas. I could have had a bow and arrow, or maybe a taser. Bob Bob worked at Radio Shack. Maybe he'd been working. He invented a taser. Oh, <laughs> um, I've got another Twitter question. Maybe here. no, no. I could be like um like uh, in Australia, uh, Paul yeah. Paul Paul Hogan, who did come. Was he? Crocodile Dundee, and he, and, yes. he, and he he's a, and he he mesmerizes the German shepherds, and they calm down. Yes. Oh, that would have been so good. Would you have liked to have seen that? Yes, yes. Last Twitter question here before we go on to an Instagram deep dive. Okay, so what is your favorite fantasy world from Bagoof Rob via Twitter? Favorite fantasy world? It's a hard one. Not for me. It's Star Wars. It's always been Star Wars. Star Wars fans? It's always been Star Wars. I was seven years old when that came out, and, you know, we, my, I borrowed my father's Super 8 camera, film camera, and I would do chores and make up enough money to go and buy the Super 8 cartridge film. Yeah. And we recreated Star Wars in our backyard. We had little miniatures, and we built a, a, one of those pods, one of those space pods, and wow. I, that, that was watching the making of... Star Wars, when George Lucas was, you know, showing you how they did the models and stuff. I really, one of the reasons I was, I think it's why I appreciated Lord of the Rings so much. Because yeah. when we got down to New Zealand, they had these things called bigatures, miniatures, but they were so massive. They, it seems silly calling them a miniature, but, you know, Minas Tirith, you know, two stories tall. And you could take an, a ladder and climb up and wherever you would look on Minas Tirith, you know, or, or in the mines of Moria, you could, you could see little buckets and just everything it was just like a little kid's fantasy and i remember thinking and honestly when you look at the films back again that's the best stuff yeah. i think i mean i just it's so real it makes it feel so real so yeah so let's go to the instagram deep dive i've i've deep i've deep i've dived very deep there you go there's my little that's my photoshop job up there check that out really professional like only the best content for you guys top quality content so let's go to the first picture. The first picture here from your Instagram. Let's have a look at it. What's coming from my Instagram? Right. So we have oh, a picture yeah. here of Robin Williams and you. Yeah. I wanted to ask. He you, loved Lord of the Rings. Did he? And he loved Gollum. Gollum was his favorite. So where he, is this? When did? Where, where was this? I think that must have been at the 
Two Towers premiere right. in, in Westwood Village. At, actually, right out in front of the Man Bruin Cinema, where when I was 16, I worked tearing tickets and really? selling popcorn and cleaning the butter maker yeah. and, you know, temperature in the theater. I worked at that theater, and there you are uh, 15 years later. I'm starring in this, you know, several hundred million dollar franchise and getting to meet one of the greats. He, there, I also met him at the Directors Guild of America, the union for the directors at a, their award show. And we were backstage and he said something to me. And I said, well, I don't. And something about uh, the longevity, the kind of the potential that it would have enduring. That baby's fine. You don't have to worry. I like that baby. Oh. I mean, you can keep it, but I like it. It's a beautiful, <laughs> it's a beautiful baby. Hi, baby. Hi, baby. Love babies. Um, Just don't come on the plane just yet. Because I have to fly (laughs) back to Miami in the morning. Kidding. Baby's good. Um, So he said, so he says to me, we're talking about some, he made some comment about the enduring legacy of what Lord of the Rings will become. And this was just when it was coming out. And I said, well, I don't know. You know, I kind of, not just modest, but I literally, you don't know necessarily what's going to mean something to people over time. And he said, oh no, man. He goes, you guys are locked in. That expression locked in mm. the idea that in the popular imagination, something can happen that is, I don't know if it's permanent, but you know how many generations it'll last, but he just made it. It's just something about the way he said that I so appreciate. And that was, again, another tragic passing, so upsetting, but love Robin Williams. We're going to move on to another game now. Instead, I'm going to move on from the, the Instagram deep dive, but before we're going to move on to BFFs getting to know you. This is another game. Is that okay. you and me, BFFs? Are we BFFs? Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's get the BFFs. Thanks. Look at that. Check that out. Oh. Top quality content. Guys, before we start this game, there's a mic there and there's a mic there. And if you have a question for Sean, start queuing up and we'll get to fan questions. Mic yeah, at this side of the room and mic at that side of the room. Don't be shy. Just jump up and get to the mic. So, getting to know you. Getting, getting to, to know, know all about you. I feel like we're you're in tune and I'm out of tune. Sorry, I was letting the side down. We switched. Yeah, we switched. So answer these really quick, okay? This is how if we were getting to know you and be your BFF, okay? Your most embarrassing moment. No. I, sh- <laughs> I once when I was 16, I made a deal with a man. He would bring a recording equipment to right. my show yep. and I would go and present awards to cheerleaders. It was right. a cheerleading competition. Mm-hmm. So 16, 17, 18 year old girls, mm-hmm. thousands of them. And so I'm there at the stadium. It was a massive stadium. And I, I had stubble like I did now. And I thought, oh, if I'm going to meet these girls, you know. Oh, so I went into the bathroom and I, I brought a razor, but I didn't have shaving cream. So I just try, dry shave like this. Oh, no. Right, really fast, Wait. really fast. And I look in the mirror, blood. Oh, no. Pouring down my face. I mean, like it's a horror movie. Oh. So I'm trying to get it to blot up. And they're like, Sean, it's time. Sean, it's time. And so I, like- I finally get it all. So it's at least coagulating a little bit. And I go out there and they have those cameras that like, um, you know, for the Jumbotron. Yeah. And they're, and so, hi, now from oh, St. No. Louis, the something or other things and the girls come up and they're like oh my gosh oh my gosh I'm get-. <laughs> and they look at me they all have this disgusted look on my face so oh, i'm sure man. i've had something more embarrassing but that's the first one that pops in mind what qualities do you look for in a best friend hmm qualities go for large breasts fair <laughs> all my guy friends are like that <laughs> um no i don't know what do i look for in a best friend my wife is my best friend 
So, and I, when we met when I was 19, I saw her and I just, in my mind, I tackled her. You're like, yes, you're the one. I tackled her, never let her go. I feel that way about my husband. Yeah. It's nice when you meet your person. Yeah. And what she is- tries to get away all the time. I think it's illegal. <laughs> no, I, yeah. So I, what is it about her? There's just her heart, just her heart, you know, something about her heart. It's so perfect. And your biggest pet peeve. Okay, in in airports lately, mm-hmm. when I'm walking, people have forgotten how to walk. Yes. What is wrong with people? Even if they're not on their phones, it's like they're taking the same disorientation that they would have if they were looking at their phones and they've carried it into their non-phone walking. Yes. So you walk it down, the, you know, people, you pick a line. I'm walking this way. Now, it's one thing if somebody has to go from here to there, and so you cross paths, you, you, it's fine to be patient. But when people are heading that way, and they just kind of wander into your path. And you're like, mate, they, uh, you know, walk it's, bear. It's exhausting. Oh, uh, our last one. Uh, if you're if feeling- I had a, I'd like to have a paint gun. <laughs> there, there was a Facebook group for a time called, I like to punch slow walking people in the back of the head. I, was I like, don't hey, mind okay. slow. Just hold your line, people. Yeah, just, yeah, stay yeah, one line. hold your line. And the last one very quick, because we need to get the fan questions. If you're feeling down or sad, how would we make you feel better? Aww. What would pick you up? What would pick you up? Hmm. Well, the truth is, uh, I'm a, it doesn't look like it at the moment, but I'm a runner. Yes. I've done 13 big city marathons. I must come and do the London Marathon. You must, yeah. 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 Strange how they organize it. It's so big. They have three starting shoots. Yeah. But anyhow, um, and I did the Ironman triathlon in, mm-hmm. in Hawaii, and there's something about nature, you know, mountains. And I love running with large groups of people because I interact with large groups of people all the time. And it's not just because you're famous, but our way of relating now, person to person, we take pictures with each other. And that's great. I love taking selfies. I love taking pictures. It's memorializing a moment. But there is a repetitive quality to it. So sometimes I like the idea that we're all together, but we're moving in the same direction. We kind of have yeah. a common purpose. At the end, we've shared something together that we'll never forget. Yeah. You know, and then when you chit chat about it, you can, you know, I want to know what happened to you on mile 11 and you want to know what happened to me. And, you know, so there's there's something about that. So if we'll all go for a run tomorrow morning, yeah. <laughs> we'll be at the hotel just around the corner starting 6 a.m. Who's up for a run at 6 a.m.? Yeah. Yeah, this look at the, One taker. I, Were you yeah. the millennial who raised your hand too? <laughs> I like you. I like that one. Right. Now on to fan questions. Let's start over here. Sir, go for it. What's your name? What's your question? Uh, my name is Ryan. That is loud. Uh, yeah, so um, as an, what teenager pursuing acting myself, I wanted to ask you, Sean, in terms of method, motivation, and uh, intention, how do you work as a professional actor? My uh, good luck to you in your career. I'm sure we will be on a film or television set or stage before too long. Thank you. You have a ser- you have a seriousness of purpose and a, a gravity that will carry you far. Thank uh, you. I just my father taught me. My fa- my mother and father are actors, famous actors. Uh, more important than famous, they're good quality actors. My father's admonition to me, and then when I got older and studied for a little bit with Stella Adler, she said the same thing. The truth. It's the actor's job to tell the truth. You're an instrument, a vessel through which the truth of the playwright flows. So your job is to expunge artifice from your being and just be as authentic and real and honest as you can. Even if you're playing an absurd character, there's an honesty to being the fool or a fop 
Um, you know, so and you and it, whether it's a soap opera or a Academy Award winning part or a puppet show, you come to it with the same level of commitment to being honest and you'll be good. Thank you very much. Thank you Let's very much. Let's move over here. What's your I name? What's your question? Quickly, oh, oh, that's okay. fine. Answer the way you want. Uh, my name it. is Josh. I just wanted to ask um, on the set of Goonies, what was your favorite part about acting? I got to kiss Kerry Green. <laughs> and that's not a joke. That was the best part. The pirate ship was fine. But kissing the girl was better. <laughs> Thank you very much. Let's go back over to this side. What's your name? What's your question, sir? Hi, my name is Sam. Uh, the real Sam. Samwise. Hi, Samwise. Hi. Uh, um, my question for you is, since you're in the UK, uh, are you going to be meeting up with any of your fellow members of the fellowship? Oh, meeting up with the fellowship? Are you? They're all hotshot, move to America, get rich and famous people now. I don't know. I'm coming back here to the old country to keep it real, you know? Nice. So, uh, no, I don't, not this particular trip. I've seen uh, Billy Boyd, your Scottish yes. mate, uh, and, um, and Elijah at different conventions over the last year. Uh, but I haven't, I haven't, I'm only here for 36 hours. Mm. So thank you for bringing up such a painful thought. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. And you over here, what's your name question? Hi, I'm Jack. Hi, Jack. My question is, because you've uh, done Stranger Things and Lord of the Rings and the Goonies, would you join Marvel or DC? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you want one or the other? <laughs> yeah. Well, I just was in Supergirl. You were in Supergirl. Yes, was, yeah. yeah. I don't think that's fully... Jo- it, was, uh, it was like six hours worth of work, but I got to f- have a fight in Martian. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I don't... Yeah. I, I, yeah. I do, I do not have a particular... I'm, I'm agnostic. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm Switzerland. I'm Switzerland. <laughs> so I also... I'm the voice of Shazam in Justice League, one of the TV shows. Yep. Um, I was Raphael, voice of Raphael and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle for Nickelodeon from 2012 to 16 or whatever. So um, I'm, I'm very promiscuous. I'll go wherever. <laughs> Thanks, Thank Jack. Who have you got over here? Who's next? What's your name? Evan. Hi, Evan. What's your Hi, question? Evan. Well, in the Lord of the Rings, was the feet annoying? Did the feet get in the way in Lord of the Rings? You got those big Evan. feet. Evan. That is an astute question. Yes. yes, they were occasionally terribly annoying. <laughs> they were wet and sticky and uncomfortable, and they pulled out the hair on your feet, and sometimes a horse would step on your toe and rip off your hobbit toe, and sometimes it wasn't. You'd run up a, a volcano, and the rocks would cut in, and they, you have cuts all over your feet. <sighs> Stupid Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Evan. Thank you so much. Thanks, Evan. Over here, what's your name? Hi, Sean. Uh, I'm Saban. I just, I was just wondering, uh, you know, you said you did Raphael and Ninja Turtles. I'm a huge Ninja Turtles fan. Come on, stop talking and start fighting. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was just wondering, you know, in your show, the 80s Turtles came back. Uh, the 80s Turtles came back in your show. So I was wondering if in any future versions of Ninja Turtles, if they were to ask you to come back, would you do it? Oh, yeah, in a heartbeat. The 80s Turtles came back. And yeah, yeah. Actually, one of the 80s Turtles was playing yeah, Leonardo. Rob he was Rob yeah. Paulson who yeah. played... Raphael and the original was now playing Leonardo. He's yeah. now directing the new one. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little surprised we haven't gotten the call to come back, but I think maybe they need a little space to create their own show, make sure they have their own identity. But but yeah, no, of course. I'd be happy to participate, of course. Thanks. I'm very easygoing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Who have we got over here? What's your name? Uh, What's your I'm question? Jake. 
Jake. Oh, um, Jake. What was your favorite part of being Bob in Stranger Things? Kissing Winona Ryder. <laughs> All the kissing stuff, you enjoy that. I'm, I'm well, guessing. yeah. My wife doesn't like it when I say that. She doesn't think it's a funny <laughs> joke, but I don't know. You know, I don't know. And it's Winona. It's Winona. It's we Winona. grew up alongside each other in, in Hollywood, and, and we did a little movie together many years ago, and, and so we were back together again. And she's so sweet. And Bob, you know, what's, what was great about Bob was just, again, his heart. He just is a, a decent, nice, sweet, loyal, just wants to be, give her, you know, make her life better and help her children. And, you know, there was the very first line that we filmed of Bob's. It's when the brothers are in the bedroom and Will is, uh, you know, feeling badly that he's, that people are talking to him differently than normal because of his experience. And his brother is saying, listen, there's David Bowie type people and there's Kenny Rogers type people. Who do you want to be, David Bowie or Kenny Rogers? And Bob walks in and says, Kenny Rogers. I love Kenny Rogers. And that kind of guileless, you know, happy, open thing. I, I feel very comfortable doing that. I also, frankly, loved the, the, the final episode for Bob. And just getting to become Sigourney Weaver and Aliens was, like, awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for your question. Thank you. Over here, lovely. What's your name? Question. Hi. Hi, I'm Fizz, and um, like I absolutely love all your work, but this is a bit of an odd question. I love your voice. <laughs> Thank you. Such a beautiful voice. Um, but I've just bought this bat plushie. Could you name it? You want me to name the bat plushie? Yeah. It's Gus. <laughs> Gus. <laughs> I see Gus. Hey, Gus. Hey. It's short for Gustafsson. <laughs> he took that. off. He was in Sweden, and he, he started out over the channel. Yep. It was a, a, a thing blew in. He got lost. He landed somewhere near the Dover, you know, by the White yeah. Cliffs, and then he's been lost ever since, and now he finally made his way to you. And thank God for Gus. Thank Give a round of applause for Gus. <laughs> yes. I hope that answers that conundrum. Next, who have we got over here? Ariana. Hi there. What's your question? Will you, like, ever do, like, a Goonies sequel? Goonies sequel. Well, when I said at the beginning that I liked sequels, I meant that for Goonies as well. So, yes. I, in fact, the Goonies sequel I want to see, I want to go back in time, and I want to meet One-Eyed Willie in the middle of the battle. That's what I want to do. But I'm just the actor. I don't get to choose. <laughs> just putting that out there, though. Put it out there. I never put it out there, but now, you know, we're getting old. Might as well. Why not? Thank, Thank you, my you dear. Thank you very much. Next. Yeah, uh, my name's Laura. Hi. Um, in Lord of the Rings, if you could have played any other character, what would you have liked to have played? Well, when the casting director called, uh, or when my agent called and said, she talked to the casting director and they said, you have to come in for Samwise Gamgee. They think it's going to be your part. And I said, well, okay, Samwise Gamgee. And I, I didn't, I'd never heard of Lord of the Rings. So I went to the bookshop and I got all the, you know, three books and I came home and I started reading them. And I thought, well, now why do I have to play Samwise? I like this Aragorn. He's kind of cool. <laughs> He's tough strider, you know. He's got a sword and, you know, I didn't even know he became the king. That would, be, that would make it worse. So, <laughs> and I said that to my agent and she said, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your question. Thank you. Who have you got over here? Uh, hi, my name's Amelia. And saying about 50 years, would you want to be remembered for Sell Out Your Legacy? Ooh. Thank you for that question. <laughs> <laughs> so 50 years from now, the world is still on fire, but oh. we're remembering Sean Aston. There's a giant monument 
What's on there? What's on there? What kind of words? Well, you see the monument to my three daughters, and there'll be a little one off to the side. You say, oh, that was the father of those three girls. Wow, he must have been special. And if you read the little inscription on my on my statue, it'll say, not really, it was my wife's doing. <laughs> um, I think Rudy is the most singularly identifiable character that I've played because he's so much determination and, and you know, commitment to achieving something, but he's, he's he, you know, he's, he's not an ideal literary character like Samwise. So Samwise, The Lord of the Rings, is unquestionably the most important work that I've done in my life, and it will be the most important work at the end of my life looking back. But, but Rudy is me. It's Sean. I am Rudy. We're all Rudy in a way. But I, I, Rudy is an American football movie about a boy who wants to play for one of the great universities, the Catholic University in the middle of the country, Notre Dame. And he's not tall enough, strong enough. He has no football ability. His grades are terrible. There's absolutely no reason why he should be allowed to do that. But he just is relentless in his quest to do it. And finally, at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, he gets in for one play. And at the end of the play, when the game is over, his teammates carry him off the field on their shoulders. And his triumph is nothing compared to the people who are actually playing the game, but it's specific to him. And I feel like, and it's, and it's real for him and for the people who know him. That's where my quote comes from. Um, so I, I feel like that's, listen, getting to play Samwise, Sean getting to play Samwise is like Rudy He's just wanting to get into Notre Dame, getting to do something so important, so meaningful. Um, so, yeah, it'll be nice to be remembered, if at all. Thank you for your question. I've got a uh, sir, gentleman with Gremlin. Hi. Hi. What's your name? What's your question? That's Ian. not. That's not Gizmo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go for it. What have you got? My What's father it? was in that movie. <laughs> My father is the one, the janitor who accidentally spills water on the gremlins in the beginning of the second movie so you're welcome oh, that's good. <laughs> what's your favorite practical effect in a in the movie you've been in oh. in, Lo in lord of the rings or any or lord of the rings practical the effect wow that's a great that's a great question that is a good question thank you um well the hobbits are little so they had to find lots of creative ways of making us look little um the most obvious now is the computer generated green screen manipulations but from a practical effect they did some really fun things they built a wagon wheel a giant wagon wheel and they have the camera set like this we're in brie and there you can see i think it's a prancing pony or whichever one it is the restaurant or, or bar whatever tavern and we're coming the four hobbits are coming up the street towards the camera and they roll the wagon wheel in front of the camera, and all of us are looking up as though we just saw a carriage run by. So it's just a trick of the mind. Yeah. I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. They would also do things like they would make an oar for the elven canoes that we were in, the elven boats, and for the, for the hobbits, they made the oars really, really big. So our hands couldn't go all the way around it. So it looked like little people holding a big... You know, there are all those kind of things I love. Thank you so much. Thanks. Good question. We've got time for one more question, I'm afraid. One more, but Sean will be signing autographs and doing all the stuff. So you can ask Sean when you see him later. 
One more question. What is your name and what is your question? All right, my name's Tom, and I was just wondering, you already established that the Hobbit feet were occasionally inconvenienced or uncomfortable. I was just wondering, with the feet and the ears and all the other practical makeup, how long did that all take to apply, and was that irritating at all? Um, well, the hardest part about it was being fat. <laughs> like, I would just run the LA Marathon when, uh, I don't know stones, I know pounds, but I weighed probably 135 pounds when I did the marathon. I get the job, and by the time we started shooting and throughout the course of it, I got up to 200 pounds. So, which is fine, you know, you get out of shape, but then after a certain period of time, you start you, you start running again, eating right, and you go back the other way. Well, for Lord of the Rings, I had to be like that for nearly two years. And at a certain point, I'm looking at the mirror, and I can't recognize the fat guy. I can't see the myself. I can't see the me who I know and feel good about i just see you know and elijah would always get mad at me like you're sam just enjoy being sam and like in character yeah i'm sam but on saturday morning you know i'm looking and i'm like Ugh, and just <laughs> sitting down and walking and i was just fat and that you can't take the you know you can take the feet and the ears and the hair off um but to answer your question four in the morning we'd show up stand on a box took an hour and 20 minutes to put the feet on glue wet cold glue sticky jabby glue i'm not complaining i'm just describing it um and then the uh the ears probably took 25 minutes uh and the hair probably took another another 25 30 minutes so what was all that two oh, a little two hours somewhere around two hours all right thank you very much thank yeah you. thank you now sean and by the way i wouldn't change it for the world i'd go back and do it again if they if i could it's just miserable but I loved it. It was miserable. But I loved it. Sean, it was, it was lovely. It. I've really enjoyed not just chatting to you on the stage, but I've enjoyed chatting to you backstage as well. As soon as I met Sean, I just you made me feel so at ease and comfortable and you're just so lovely to speak to. Honestly, go and see this sure. man and chat to him if you can. Get his autograph, take photos. Sean, have Th a lovely time at Thank Bowen. you. I, I love you so much. You're so sweet. And we can talk whenever we want. We can be friends now. Are we BFFs? There you go. BFFs. Yay. Cool. Yes. Okay. So, but what I was going to say is uh, Birmingham is so cool. I didn't realize the architecture was going to be as cool as it was. Nice, right? It's really cool. Some of those yeah. buildings. And it's got the history. And, you know, I studied the Industrial Revolution a little bit. So I feel like connected to time a little bit in this country and and you know i've made a couple movies here and i've traveled here and it's just always good to be back i've done a lot of conventions in england it's always good to be back here and i just want to thank you all for the hospitality and line you've been so generous and and welcoming and so i really appreciate that you guys opened up your hospitality to me and i it means yes. a lot thank you so a much a round of applause to you guys thank you and an even huger round of applause to Mr. Sean Astin. So that was the interview with Sean Astin. Hope you like that. Uh, Stranger Things, of course, he was the probably the most recent thing he was been in, other than Supergirl. Supergirl you can find on Sky One. Stranger Things you can find on Netflix. Now we have some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> So, highlights for next week. Uh, fairly limited, actually. There's not that many new things starting. That's, 
that's okay. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. Fine yeah. at the moment. There yeah. is there is a lot more coming over the next few weeks. But uh, yes, not that much stuff released this week. Uh, one of the things, of course, is Rick and Morty, which yeah. they moved the date from January to November on E4. So 20th of November at 10 p.m. on E4, not Channel 4. Rick and Morty Season 4 launches. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are very happy to have that back. I'm very much looking forward to it. Sticking with animated things, Final Space Season 2 of that comes to Netflix on the 24th of November. Have you ever seen that? I haven't actually watched it. It looked quite good, but... Um, yeah, I watched the trailer for it. Yeah. And then I went to watch it and then didn't. But. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I know. I was a bit like that. But I know it's got mm-hmm. quite a big fan base. It's, it's just, yeah. there's so much stuff, as we're saying, out there at the moment. It's just not something I've managed to get to yet. But it, it, mm-hmm. I know it's got quite a good fan base for that. So um, I have interest in it. So. Yes, so do I. So Final Space, the animated series, that is back on the 24th of November on Netflix. And Eight Days, which is the original from Sky Deutschland. This is coming to Sky Atlantic, so it's a German language thing. It sees a 40 kilometer wide meteor racing towards the middle of Europe, and it's eight days tells the story of a world we've never seen before. So it's a sort of hmm. the oncoming destruction of Earth by an asteroid, essentially. Seems to be the setup. So it says season one. I'm not sure how you get to a season two from that, but uh, but yes, presumably they. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they <laughs> knock the asteroid off course. I have no idea. I'm rather intrigued. Um, hmm. So yes, that's a Sky original. That's uh, from uh, Sky Germany. That is coming to Sky Atlantic on the 26th of November at 10 past 10. And that's all the new shows for this week. So there's only three of them. But uh, yes, as I said, it's not like there's a shortage of things to watch out there at the no, moment. Not at all. Uh, and I still have about 25 hours of deliveries and Death Stranding to do. So, yes. Or roughly yes. that many. I don't know how much I've got left. But, yeah. So unless you've got anything else you want to mention, where can people find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at eTalkUK. As of course David said, uh, we're doing uh, Walking Dead and Watchmen and another show that starts with W, Witcher. We're covering that in December. Or I'm going to be covering that in December. Still lots of podcasts. We are heading towards some mid-season finales though. Like Good Place is ending next week. Well, not ending. Mid-season yeah, yes, finale mid-season. next week. And then uh, Walking Dead's got two left. So we're heading there soon. And then, uh, hey, we'll have Crisis on Infinite Earths soon-ish. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's, let's not get into that. No, there isn't. <laughs> no Sky Still on Tearing Batwoman. Yes. Uh, and no, we don't know where it is in the UK. Yeah. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, obviously for us, you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week to see the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. You can leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown. There are the MCM Birmingham videos going up there and on Instagram at geektownuk, which will have lots of cosplay photos going up very soon. That's everything for this week we shall uh, see you next week goodbye goodbye a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.